says here that Graybar is a distributor? Yeah, we support electrical and datacom projects all over the country. So you can get me the products I need, where and when I need them? Yeah, thanks to our national logistics network. Any industry? Yeah, construction, industrial plants, schools, hospitals. So you could say Graybar is much more than a distributor. Yeah, you could say that. When you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join the thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Yeah, Graybar does that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Visiting with the Commission. I'm Mike Claiborne, and of course, we have Hall of Fame baseball writer Rick Hummel with us. And Commission, it's been a while since you and I have talked, and man, we have a lot to cover with your St. Louis Cardinals. So first of all, uh, give me your impressions of what you've seen, especially since uh, they appear to have come out of their losing streak. Well, I was just thinking about this a little while ago, and uh, we have an interesting development at shortstop here, don't we? Oh, yeah. I've been one of the few, as you know, supporters of Paul DeYoung through all these last three or four years. And I, I think he's their best offensive and best defensive shortstop. Let's see what they do. Yeah. And, you know, as you say that, it's hard to argue against it because he's been pretty consistent when thrown in the lineup. Uh, what does that say about Tommy Edmond? Because now you've got a log jam at second base between Edmond, Brendan Donovan, and Nolan Gorman. Well, unless you return Contreras to catching, which I think is ludicrous that he's not catching right now, but he'll, he'll be back in there. And then you could put Donovan in the outfield and have Gorman as your DH. And I'm not a big fan of having a 23-year-old guy be your DH. But I agree. That, solves, that gets all those guys in the lineup at least. Yeah, and, and, you, and still you catch Kisner a couple of days a week. He's been, he's been good. He's been hitting, and he's been catching pretty well. Yeah, he, you know, one of the things about Kisner, you can't take away his work ethic and his preparation. Uh, we all knew him to be a pretty good hitter in the minors. Uh, his catching skills are still trying to catch up with him because I always remind people this guy was once a shortstop who was moved to third, who was moved behind the plate, didn't play a lot, and uh, really kind of had to learn by fire. And now he's kind of settled in. His offense seems like he's a little bit more effective. So you don't want to just kick him to the curb. But I want to get to the Contreras situation for a minute. You, you feel like he should be in the lineup. And when you look at his numbers, and, and these are numbers even from last year, you know, from a framing standpoint, he, he's he's not in the top half. Um, you know, he really seems to struggle with balls in the dirt. And from calling a game, you know, there'll be some that will whisper that that's one of the reasons why the Cubs took the calling duties away from him because of the fact they, they weren't comfortable, nor were the pitchers. But didn't the Cardinals know this when they got him? You would think they would have known it. Let's just put it that way. You would have thought they would have known that this this guy had some concerns. Um, and I guess here's the, the bigger question here, Kamish. Even if you had thought he had some concerns that you thought you could fix, who within the organization is going to fix it? Dave Ricketts is, isn't here. Dan Billardello isn't here. The Cardinals don't have a, a legitimate former catcher who's a catching instructor in the organization. And I, I think that's kind of a little bit of a head scratcher. Well, they got a former manager who was a pretty good catcher. <laughs> that might be a way to go sometime. Here. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. He's coming in for that, uh, you know, 2013 National League Championship celebration next week, meeting Mike Matheny. And I, I don't know that he wouldn't want to come back and help out a little bit in the spring. Well, yeah, I think if asked, he would serve. Uh, he lives in there. Yeah. So, but the question is, what do you do about it now? I, I know that the general train of thought is sit between Ollie and uh, Dusty Blake and, and we'll try and teach you. 
but neither one of those guys has ever been behind the plate. So there, there are just so many things that seem to be off kilter here that you wonder if this experiment has a chance to survive. Juan, do we think that Herrera is going to be their next catcher or not? Or is Kisner their next catcher? Or is Contreras their next catcher? Well, you know, one of the things about that, um, last year when Herrera came up, it was evident that he was not ready. Um, and he needed to start over again, in my opinion, because there were a lot of flaws in his game. And, and maybe youth had something to do with it. But it, again, I go back to the whole instructing thing as far as teaching guys how to do this. And when they get to the big leagues, at least they'll have a little bit more of a comfort level on what's expected and how to handle it. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think the catching position within the organization is something you probably have to raise an eyebrow to and just say, just what do we have? I mean, I thought the Cardinals made it reasonably clear. Although they didn't, they made it clear that they were going to change their philosophy about the type of catcher they wanted. They wanted an offensive catcher. Now, they got caught, caught short after 19 years of being used to Molina. What that actually looked like, they didn't know. Yeah, didn't that's know. true. And yeah, now you're right. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good point you make. Uh, and I think even for, for, for fans, you know, we look at anybody now and we say, well, he can't catch. Well, we've been used to seeing as good as it gets for the last nearly 20 years. And well, Tom expect- for four years before that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you think about over 20 plus years, of, of having a guy who was competent behind the plate. Uh, and now you have this situation and I'm sure some fans think, well, maybe they think they know catching better than anybody else, but bottom line is this, uh, it's something that we have to accept that, you know, Wilson Contreras isn't going to be Yadi or Molina, but that doesn't mean he can't contribute and help this ball club. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised, I guess, in watching him, how, how unsteady he seemed back there blocking pitches and stuff, but he, he can throw, no question about that. And he seems to keep the pitchers on their toes. Now, does the pitch timer influence how these games are being called? Is there time to shake him off if you don't yeah. like what he says? No, I agree with you. And I think that's a huge factor. Uh, the pitch clock does not give pitchers a chance to shake a guy off. And you can't have a mound visit when you every time you disagree. So I, I think that at some point there has to be a little bit more trust. Uh, a little bit more preparation and, and being able to adjust quicker. And that's something I think was part of the process of dealing with the pitch clock. I mean, I don't know about you, Commissioner, but I think every week there's something with regards to the new rule, and I'll just stay on the pitch clock, that every team is learning about how to deal with and how to manage a clock, how to adjust to the clock. Now you see guys who are waiting until the last second before they step in to give the pitcher, put him in a disadvantage. And just there's a lot of things that we're still trying to process. And I'm not sure if we'll have this thing figured out before mid-June, maybe early July, where everybody's got their own new game plan, their own new playbook on how to address certain things that work for them as far as the pitch clock is concerned. And ironically, Contreras has got it figured out as a hitter. How many times has he gotten ball one called on the pitcher? He, he gets in the box, but he's looking at the at the dirt. Yeah, he hasn't exactly. engaged with the, with the pitcher. <laughs> And the pitchers come set, and when he gets in, the pitcher says, okay, he's ready. No, he's not looking up yet. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a matter of time before some of these pitchers are going to ha- have had enough of him, and they may start throwing at him just to remind him that, you know, they still have something to say about this. And I really thought in the series against the Angels we were going to see that because he really had their pitching staff all off-kilter. 
and um, I, I think had the situation presented itself, they may have sent a message, especially when you only see a guy once a year. They might say, how close do you want to see that dirt anyway? We'll, we'll <laughs> so that we can get you real close if you <laughs> yeah. like. So so now we've got the situation with the catching. Uh, and, and here's another thing. I, I really felt like if you notice how many times the Cardinals got, the pitchers got beat with a two-strike count, and it was always a hanger. It, it was never that fastball, fastball low and away or fastball up and in or make a guy chase up in a, with a four-seamer. It was always a hanging slider or a hanging breaking ball. And it seemed like if, if there was one thing, the pattern was that, okay, we now know this guy likes to call breaking balls with a two-strike count to make a guy chase or make him look bad. And teams have started to sit on that pitch. I know two players who have told me, they were sitting on a slider. Now, how often do you see guys talking about sl- sitting on a slider? Unless they knew what, yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I think the the hotel was, you know what? If you get to two strikes, here's the approach: look for a hanger, look for a slider, and we, the Cardinals have been getting killed with it. How much of this goes back to the pitchers not having that put away pitch? You know, they, that's they, true. They just strike somebody out. Yeah, they don't have many swing and miss guys on this staff, and, and I know that. They will tell you, well, we've got a, such a good defense, we can put it in play. Yeah, but you know what? You have to be perfect yourself as far as making sure you throw the right pitch to put it in play compared to throwing a pitch you can get them to swing and miss. I wonder what happens tomorrow. Do you think Adam Wainwright would ask Marmol to have Contreras catch him? I think that would show me something. Boy, you know what? I, I think it depends on how much those two have been going over things between the time he came out of the lineup as a catcher to where he's at now. You know, Wayno um, is a guy that's willing to take a chance, and and obviously you don't want to lose Contreras mentally. I mean, you don't want him checking out because obviously you're going to see him. He's on payroll for the next few years, so you can't lose a guy this early in his tour of duty, especially in the first first year of a contract. So it wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, and maybe it's a time where Contreras, Kisner, Wayno all have a sit down to make sure everybody's on the same page. And Wayno can call his own game. You know, he Contreras calls, exactly has to, has to you, catch the ball. You just catch it. I'll tell you what is, what's coming and, and where it's going to be. Exactly. And, and, and you know that's not a bad idea. Um, you know, especially in this situation. Now the question is, will you have other pitchers? who would want to do that. Now, the problem with it is, with the exception of Michaelis and, and maybe Matt, these other guys have never had to worry about calling their own pitches. Yachty was there. So you have to wonder, can you do this sporadically with certain guys with X amount of years of experience, or is this something you might want to start a trend with just to take some of the heat off of Contreras? Yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, the really good pitchers I seem to be calling their own game right now. You know, Scherzer's and guys like that. but uh, Yeah, but they've been around for a while. Yeah, and I know, think that's I what gives them an edge. Uh, and I think anybody who's come through the Cardinal organization uh, has had a taste of Yachty, and, you know, nobody shook Yachty off. And, you know, I, I'm sure there's some guys that, me, that would say, what's shaking off me? Because he's never yeah. done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just really feel like at that point, you have to pick and choose scenario- situations that you think may be productive for both pitcher and catcher, no matter who's behind the plate. I mean, nobody knows much about these Red Sox guys anyway, except for, you know, Turner, who came from the Dodgers. And um, I, I think it's a good time for Contreras to get back in there. Um, yeah, I mean, just to see the progress. You know, and I mean, th- there's enough safety valves here, enough uh, checks for him between the staff, um, Dusty, Ollie, 
and let's throw Kisner in that conversation along with Wainwright's experience, this would be the ideal chance for him to get back in there because you don't want him to get too used to just being a DH and, and all of a sudden his confidence truly begins to wane if, if Kisner continues to pitch well, I mean catch well. Well, you don't pay $87.5 million for DH unless he's 40 years old, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and you're right, unless he's Nelson Cruz. Well, he's not even yeah. Nelson Cruz. I mean, but, no. you know, you, you're talking about a guy who can really thump, and while Contreras is shown to be a good hitter, he's still not the thumper that you would want if you're going to pay a guy that sort of money. No, he's not Johnny Bench. Or, you know, no, 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 no. But, so, you know, so you've got that situation. You mentioned the outfield. Uh, I mean, the infield. Let's talk about the outfield. Uh, Tyler O'Neill is getting close to coming back. But my thing is just because you're, you're healthy doesn't mean you're playing, but you know, the, the problem, because I think we've seen that both Carlson and uh, Newt Barr have made significant strides to be able to rest away that, that position and make sure it's theirs. Uh, the left field situation is still up for grabs and, and obviously O'Neill should be the incumbent, but I just can't hand it over until I see some legitimate results from him because he wasn't pe- playing very well before he went on the injured list. Oh, I just assumed see Donovan out there. He, he I agree. Out there from the other night, he can catch the ball. Um, he gets him in the lineup. You know, if you're going to play DeYoung, and I think you should, then Edmonds is second base and Donovan is not at second base. Yeah, I can live with that. Uh, I, I think Tyler O'Neill to me, has to earn his stripes. Um, between the injuries and the lack of productivity that just, I don't think he's earned that right to just say I'm healthy, I'm back and I'm ready to go. And I should be in a I just don't think that situation is there anymore. No. And I don't want to see too much of Yepes in left field either. Or uh, Alec Burleson. Or Alec Burleson, especially with that green monster there, that could be some catastrophe out there in that, that weekend series here. Yeah. And that, that's interesting. You bring up the green monster because of the fact that, Anybody you plug out in left field tonight or tomorrow, rather, has never played there before. And no. to see, and I'm sure Willie McGee will be out there very early. He's out uh, there now, probably. Probably right now, just <laughs> letting guys know, hey, here's how this works. And, you know, I think it's also incumbent upon Dylan Carlson to make sure he's familiar with it as far as him backing up who's ever going to be playing left field. Well, plus that center field is rough. Boy, those dimensions change out yeah, there. They do. So I would high wall and and it's real deep at one point and not quite 30 feet shorter or some other point. And and, uh, uh, it'll be an experience for for our side there. But I do like to have Carlson and Newport out there nearly every day. That seems to solve two thirds of the problem here. No, I I would agree with you. But so I'm thinking probably around noon today, that'd be a Thursday that Willie McGee has all those guys out there, even if it's an off day, yeah, <laughs> because they're going to need a little work. They can, tour, right. they can tour Boston later on, have a nice dinner tonight, you know, exactly. maybe a couple hours here. Exactly. Get a good nice sleep and here we go. All right. Nolan Arenado. He, he looks like he's taking better at bats. Uh, I'll remind people that Nolan Arenado was in this same sort of quagmire uh, in the month of May of 2022. Um, if you know, if you look at what he, I think he hit 196 in two in May of 22. So this is something that's happened before, but man, I'll tell you one thing, commission, once he's not producing, it's glaring as far as the lineup is concerned. Well, you can't, you can't suddenly hit him seventh or something, you know, you, you give him a rest once in a while, you put him third once, but he's your fourth place hitter. And if, it, if, that, if he doesn't do it, well, then everybody's wrong. He's wrong. They're wrong. We're wrong. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think you have to stay the course with him because, you know, it, it hasn't affected his glove. 
I think if you start dropping them in the lineup, I, I think that really just sends the wrong message. Um, and I think that the way Ali kind of likes this left-right, left combination now, I think it's going to be hard to talk him out of doing that also. And let's face it, we don't really have another guy who can replace Arenado in the lineup in that position. No, who are you going to put out there? I mean, you could put Gorman out there for a while at third base, and he could probably hit fourth. He's hit third some, but that's not Nolan Arenado. No, there's a big, there's a huge difference. The only thing they have in common is they wear a Cardinal uniform, and their first name is Nolan. They You're both correct. have a have a great set of skills, but uh, I think we know who's the guy who's going to be playing third base and who will probably be hitting fourth. All right, one other thing I want to run by you. Um, you know, obviously, the team gets off to a bad start. And, you know, everybody thinks that they're already done. I know you wrote a piece about how no team has ever come back from this deficit. But I would ask you this, with the extra playoff position, along with the fact you're playing in a bad division, <laughs> does that kind of sway things a little bit to give them a chance? Because going into last Friday, the division as a whole had lost 18 games in a row. So that means that, you know, if you think the Cardinals have problems, just look down the street. There's some other teams, and we know there are going to be some teams that are going to fade. Do you feel like with the extra playoff spot and the fact that they're in a division that they can overcome, do you feel like their chances would be better now compared to any of the teams that we've seen who may have been in this position before that did not make postseason? Oh, no question. This isn't like the National the American League East where the Yankees are four over, and they're in last place four over and uh, you know there's going to be one or two good teams or three good teams hitting the dust that in that division there's hey, no good it, teams in the central and zero including it, the cardinals yeah and it, there, there's every chance to make this ground up um the only team the team they really have to keep an eye on is milwaukee and i think you know they've, they've seen the cubs the cubs are average they've seen pittsburgh and pittsburgh was is average at best they haven't seen the reds yet but they, they surely can't be very good so there you go Hey, you know, we've seen so many teams struggle. Is this a byproduct of the balanced schedule, or is this just the fact that we have the WBC that, that com- contributes, that maybe the rule changes contribute, or or is it the schedule because, A, you have some teams that, you know, like Pittsburgh, who doesn't know how bad they're going to be because they've, been, they've gotten off to a good start. So how do you think or why do you think we see so many teams that are closer to the pack from a standing standpoint or record standpoint than when they've been accustomed to? I think the WBC had a lot to do with it. I also agree with the balanced schedule and interleague play and so forth. That's a lot to do with it. And then you have Steve Cohen in New York where he says, Man, you know what, I'm going to spend – let me think here. $90 million on two old pitchers here and see how that works. And one gets caught, and it'll be interesting to see how he makes an adjustment now that everybody's got the radar up on him. And now he's hurt, too, although Verlander pitched very well yesterday for them. He pitched very well last week, but they didn't sign him to pitch five months. They signed him to pitch six. And did they sign him to pitch five innings? Because that's another concern. Um, you know, we've got more guys who are content with five, maybe six innings at 100 pitches, which is ludicrous. And then they turn it over to the bullpen. And now managers are really relegated to having legitimately four guys in his pen every night uh, because the other four pitched the night before. And uh, as you can tell, there's some guys who can't pitch back-to-back nights, uh, their choice, not manager. So it really kind of shortens your deck on what you can do. You know, before we got to these new rules, you could have 14 pitchers. And now you can't, you know, this, if the starting pitcher can't, can't make it as far as you describe, 
13's not enough. No, it's not. Um, along with this, and I'm, I've been an advocate of this for, gosh, since last year for the Cardinals. Because of the lack of big league postseason experience in their bullpen, wouldn't it have been a good idea to go out and find a guy who has enough experience and has closed before so he could kind of be your safety valve in case your your current closer has a flat tire from time to time? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a, a guy like Stratton, who hasn't been in postseason, but he, he's the kind of guy that strikes me as somebody who could have closed over the years if it had been important to the team he was on. He was on Pittsburgh mostly, and they weren't any good. He didn't have anything to close out anyway, but uh, – um, but a guy of that ilk, you know, who's 30 some years old, the young pitchers seem to flock to him, you know, even the older pitchers. So he's a very valuable guy, but yeah, they could use one more guy there, especially when you have kind of a, let's see, how do I say this? Uh, well, Helsley's not, not Mr. Reliable every day. You know, he's going to no. say, well, and neither this guy goes, he's, he's, no, he's, they're being honest. I don't, I don't feel good today. Well, you can't have too many of those guys on your club that don't feel good today. You know, you got to have one that feels good every day. No, you're right. Well, it's going to be an interesting weekend of baseball in Boston. The Cardinals come home for a very interesting homestand against Milwaukee, a team you mentioned, and we'll see how well they pitch. Then they'll get the Dodgers for the weekend, a team that the Redbirds did not have success against in L.A., but the team is playing a little better, so maybe it's going to be a good week starting tomorrow in Boston. And nobody should look at the standings until about, well, not even flag day. It won't be at 500 flag day even. No, they got some work to do. There's no doubt about that. Kabish, always good to visit with you, sir. We we'll look forward to reading you on Monday on ClavesOnline.com. And for everybody here, for Kabish, I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for checking us out here on ClavesOnline.com. Nobody wants a surprise in their jelly donut. It's toothpaste? That's because the middle is the most important part. At Graybar, we're at the middle of electrical and data comm jobs across the country, connecting installers, facility managers, and business owners with smart solutions for their most challenging projects, which means stocking and delivering crucial products on time and on budget with no surprises, thanks to our nationwide logistics network. Yep, Graybar does that. There's always been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Amron, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at amronillinois.com renewables.